Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Rainer Hirsch's Prompts in the Pub. I am the eponymous Rainer Hirsch, and thank you for downloading this episode. I've always wanted to use the word eponymous, by the way. The day after this podcast goes live... Chinake, Europe's first majority black and ethnically diverse orchestra, will perform Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and Good Thing too. A majority black and ethnically diverse orchestra plus choir performs one of the most iconic works in the classical repertoire, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. I'm going and will be tucked away in the nether reaches of the upper circle. Hopefully Chinake, whose name derives from a word in the Igbo language, meaning God, by the way, will attract a slightly more mixed audience than usual. Those watching on TV, the programme is to be broadcast on BBC4 on Sunday the 4th of September, will probably know all about it if the director dwells as much on the black faces as they did on the Asian audience members when the Chinese pianist Yuja Wang played on August the 12th. But fat remains, try as they might, the orchestra and choir will probably still be the biggest collection of black faces in the room. Yes, let's talk about diversity at the proms. It's not exactly overwhelming. There have been some decent attempts. Sunday the 28th of August featured the South African Jazz Songbook, for example. But basic classical repertoire is essentially dead white guy music, so should we be surprised? It's written into the basic law of the proms, a classical music festival. Diversity amongst the audience is harder to assess. I frankly doubt that anybody's even measured it. No one has to fill in an ethnicity form when you buy a ticket. One of those things that starts with American Indian, because it begins with an A, and halfway down features the confusing word Caucasian. That is white, by the way. Not someone whose mother is from Cork and whose dad is an Asian. So, dear listener, armed with a nerdy interest, I've decided on your behalf to do a bit of my own research. On Wednesday the 24th of August... I managed to score a single ticket to Simon Rattle conducting the London Symphony Orchestra in Mahler's Second Symphony. My ticket was Stalls G, Row 8, Seat 1, if you must know, just below the Radio 3 commentary box, and very well placed to see the stage, Simon Rattle, white curly hair goldfish, and the faces of the audience in the arena, the standing promenaders. So this is what I did. I took several photos and, on my computer at home, blew them up divided the picture into manageable squares and counted off who was who. I think I said it was nerdy. In my inexact and probably deeply racist way, I counted off their sex, male or female, sorry trans people, and their origins, European, Asian or black. Those people listening who are either European, Asian or black, please forgive me for the inexactness of this and the clumsiness of my vocabulary. Of what? 
600 arena promos, there were 411 faces I could see clearly. Only 86 out of that 411, or just over 20%, were or looked like women. That's to say, 80% of the audience were or looked like men. 35 out of them were what I held to be Asian faces. That equates to well under 10%. And black faces, I would estimate just 3 out of 411, which is way less than 1%. Now, I accept completely this is deeply unscientific. It's based on offensively racist assumptions. It's also just one concert. But my own experience of attending the proms tells me that the broad message in these figures is about right. What do they show? Well, one... I have got a hell of a lot of time on my hands. I mean, blowing up the image and spending hours counting the faces was all the paint in the house dry. Two, forget the details, the proms is a white festival. And what's more, a predominantly male white festival. I suspect the figures for the number of women attending might even out somewhat if you looked at the people sitting. The activity of queuing for hours to attend the proms upright appears to be a particularly male preserve. What can one do about this whiteness of the audience? I suppose what the BBC is doing, which is to feature more female composers, female artists and ethnically diverse performers. All this may gradually make a different audience aware what is going on at the Albert Hall, at least. Whether that will even slowly change the demographic, I frankly doubt. But it must leave the BBC somewhat squirming in their executive seats to be trumpeting diversity so loudly in every part of their organisation to see so little involvement of people of different ethnicities in the audience of an event which draws so much of their resources. And so to today's guest. Jonathan Pye is, to quote his Wikipedia entry, a fictional character created and portrayed by English actor and comedian Tom Walker. A political correspondent, Pye appears in a series of comedic online videos in which he rants angrily about British, American and Australian politics. So much for the dry description. You've probably seen the Jonathan Pye clip. Here's a snippet. So he's gone. He's fucked off then. He's resigned. Okay, so he's resigned, but he hasn't fucked off. Okay. Fucking, I mean, what do we have to do? Wait, wait for another few months whilst he takes the wallpaper down. I'm loving this. What an exit! The the prime minister forgot that his whip was a sexual predator. No answer to that one. No answer, no humility, no meaningful apology. For days, just more Dickensian twaddle and a little reshuffle. Not so much reshuffling deck chairs on the Titanic, more reshuffling cat shit on a litter tray. And the manner... A friend of proms in the pub, Tom had never been to a promenade concert, or so he thought, so we took the opportunity to introduce him to the pleasures of the Albert Hall without seats. After a quick stiffening vodka in a Polish bar just around the corner, Tom, Harry the Piano, who was with us, and I began discussing what was about to happen. So we're, you haven't been to a prom before, Tom? I don't think so. I once sang a song at the Albert Hall. Oh, now it comes uh, out. Um, yeah. What so was I, that? Uh, so I was in a musical by the Pet Shop Boys. What? And they, and they, uh, they did like a few of the songs at the end of Stonewall kind of, I don't know, they, every year there would be a Stonewall concert. So I got to go on stage and sing a song at the Albert Hall. Bloody hell. From this musical. Uh, you start saying, uh, do you play an instrument? Oh, not much really, I, I lead the Philharmonia. Really, it's, it's not much, you've sung a song at the Albert Hall. You are the one person we've interviewed who has sung a song. Oh no, hang on a second, we interviewed Benjamin Apple who, who'd sung a song. 
song. But I'm not a classical musician. No, know, but it doesn't matter. You so. you perform. So the Albert Hall, it's iconic, isn't it? Is that how you describe it? It is. Uh, I always think. I've always heard from musicians that, oh, it's terrible acoustic, so that'll be interesting this evening. Right. Um, that's why they've got those big things like, at the top, isn't saucers. it? Yeah. Just well, to they've try been, they've been up out. since the 60s, those But ones. do they do anything? Well, according to them that knew it before they went up in 68, whenever it was, yeah. they do. There used to be an echo, a famous echo. I mean, if you talk to anybody who knows the Albert Hall well enough for long enough, they will tell you the story about how Thomas Beecham said the Albert Hall is the best place any composer could have their piece performed because you were guaranteed of these two performances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I've played some, uh, some, some uh, fr from a pie point of view where you can hear it bouncing back at you. Yeah, and, and it's it's impossible. Do you think uh, as a musician, I don't know how you could do that. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose as a musician, you are thinking three bars ahead anyway, so you are kind of spinning plates <laughs> and patting your belly and rubbing your head at the same time. So maybe you're kind of used to it. I don't maybe, know. Maybe you could accompany yourself. Do you think that's possible? Oh, Harry, you could play the accompaniment and then play I've, the tune when it I've, came back. I've been booked to do weddings where you get like the church with the pipes are at one end and the keyboards at the other. You <laughs> literally you're hearing it half a second after you played it, which is absolutely fucks with your head completely. I, I, I don't know if you've ever read uh, David Byrne uh, talks about uh, David Byrne on music and he the opening salvo really is about how the place the, the, the venue is the most kind of important place for music. So his music started in this horrible little hole in some probably a New York club and it's like they made their music for that that place and he was talking about organ music and church music and that kind of yeah. <clears throat> grand music that kind of does echo around the halls and and how the music is specific to that because if you're playing an organ you want it moving round yeah. the, the, the building yes. and coming back at you and making these kind of notes that aren't in the playing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's specific to that. And I'd never, because I'd always wondered why, like particularly sort of Church of England Catholic said, no, no, you're praising God, but really slowly in sort of a downbeat. Yeah. But it's because if you do it slow enough, it becomes uh, magical, you know. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see what you think about that acoustic now, because you've obviously got some sort of preconception about what that's going to be like when you get in there and how that feels. Do you think Pi would like to play the Albert Hall at some point? I, I would do it because it's a tick-the-box venue. Yeah. But I, I'm really... Uh, here's a little sort of insight. I'm really funny about sight lines in the theatre. I went to see Steve Coogan live once and I paid top dollar and I was in a side seat somewhere and I could see half the stage right. and it really pissed me off. So when I started performing, I also found that whoever was at the edge of my periphery, if they were kind of on the stage, the audience, I'd kind of end up playing to them. So I'm really weary about kind of sight lines, right? I want to perform out, yeah. not to the side or not right. behind me. I want to, I want to know what, who I'm performing to. Mm. I think for what I would do, I'd find it problematic because there's also nothing worse of going, I don't want to play to those seats because they can't see all of me, so I'll leave them empty. And there's something really odd about an audience coming into a venue where a third of it, the seats are empty. There's there's something that yeah. stops you going, oh my God, it's a packed house. It yes. is a packed house yes. because those those aren't for sale. But so I would play it because it would be a tick the box, yeah. but it would be a tough venue for, I think it's a tough venue for a comedian to play, I think. It's like a stadium gig, isn't it? Which I don't understand really as, as a, 
from a comedy point of view, comedy to me, I mean, comedy is, live comedy is born in a small room with a tiny roof so that you, you're in it and that mm. atmosphere. And mm. certainly what I do, I much prefer playing a theatre to an open... Uh, I play concert halls. I play, you know, Liverpool Philharmonic. Is, it's a great one to play, but it's so wide that and it's so wide. big. That's and a similar space. And there's no actually. wings to it, so it's just mm. me stood and, and the size of the stage makes me look even smaller, you know? Yeah, yeah. So concert venues for, for a comedian there, it's a sort of different atmosphere and particularly for what I'm writing, I always think of I'm writing a play, it's always a theatre piece, so it doesn't... It's harder work in a, in a concert venue. Yeah. yeah. And, and also there's, there's something about, um, uh, which an audience would hate me saying, but there's a discipline. You want the audience to be disciplined and you kind of have to teach them how to be disciplined. Yes. And if they can get up and walk out and buy a pint, there's just movement in the room. Yeah. And it's difficult, you know? And, he, and, and I always, before I go on, there's always an interval before, but it's like, please go for a wee now, because in about an hour's time, it gets good, and you're gonna, and it's gonna just dissipate the, the yeah. uh, uh, so, so I do everything I can to c try and control that, but then I've got good enough, or, or, or I'm experienced enough to realize you can't control it, you just have to do, do what you can. And picking the right venue is kind of really important. And the lighting as well, isn't it? Because if, you, if, if they're in pitch black and all the focus is on you lit, then they'll be quiet. Yeah. As soon as you start to bring up even yep. a smidge of house so, lights, so like the, the thing over so the, the Liverpool case, Philharmonic, and the Liverpool and a lot of concert venues, Liverpool Philharmonic is white. Yeah, so it's yeah, white. So. The walls are white. Yeah. So and, and it's a and it's a wooden stage, not a black stage. So all of the light is pinging off and it yeah. pings all round. Yeah. So I can, you can see the whites of their eyes and you yeah. can see the whites of their eyes of the people at the back. It's like the house oh. lights are up. Yeah. And it's always a good gig because it's Liverpool and they're just a. There's so such a there's such a vibe in that city, and when they're sat there, they want to see you, so they're great. But you've got to work hard, because yeah. from a performance point of view, you can if you can see the audience, you can always see the one that's yawning, and you can always see the one that's holding their hat, folding yeah. their arms. And you know, from a performance point of view, a million people can be laughing, but you'll spot the one on the, yeah. the front row or the Do fourth you know, row that's not. You, know. you have just repeated almost word for word, or at least in a paraphrase, what a classical baritone it was on earlier on in the series called uh, Benjamin Apple said exactly that uh, he said it about classical performances he's giving res leader recitals you know bucket of piano him singing poetry essentially and he says the one you're looking at is the one who doesn't look like they're yeah. enjoying he told this rather interesting story about a singer called Elizabeth Schwarzkopf very famous soprano giving a recital there's some woman at the throat shaking her head just really off-putting and she went back after the interval and said to the promoter you've got to get rid of you've got to get that rid of yep. that woman tell her to leave yep. i cannot perform goes back on second half the woman is still there shaking her head and and then she's signing cds or lps or whatever it was and this same woman pops up in front of her to get a seat and, and what 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 are you still doing here yep. i thought i told you to leave why were you reacting to like that and she said because i, I what do you mean Obviously, was shocked and rather dismayed. I, I couldn't believe anybody could sing so beautifully. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So one has to. I, I thought you were going to say she had Parkinson's. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I just uh, talk to you about, a bit about pie? Because oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, we have it, been, haven't we? <laughs> ish. Uh, yeah. The, the it's, a char it's a character. Yeah. It's not. It is you, and it isn't you. It's a heightened version of you. Is that how you describe it? Um. But more and more, I, I, I can write him as a, I write him as a fiction, you know. And I think I went through a stage early on where I, I suddenly realised he was a political beast, and people were tuning in for the politics. And I've become a bit, maybe I'd, I'd be a bit uh, 
pontificate a bit with him hmm. and sort of express my view. But it is, uh, he is my politics, you know, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You know. Uh, and the other thing is, <coughs> let's just get this: it's a scripted thing. You're you're yeah. you're you're, re, you're presenting reading it. You're not reading. Yeah. The brilliance of it, as with any stand-up, is to create the impression that it's actually happening, which you do, and it is yeah. absolutely enthralling. Well, he's sort of Malcolm Tucker-esque, I suppose, in the sense yeah. that no no one can talk that beautifully in Shakespearean in, in, in uh, swear, swearing terms, you know, yes. Malcolm Tucker. It's like no one can talk that fast and have that, hmm. you know, but when you perform it with aplomb, you think it's real, you yeah. know. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's pie, really. So, OK, great. So we know, we know what you're looking at. It's, it's a, you're presenting a, a short act from a play, basically. Is that a way of describing it? Yeah, I mean, what I do, no, no, no. What I do online is is much more of a sort of a uh, a, a quick sort of bite of what's going on, mm. and, a, and a sort of a, an, a, an immediate piece of satire in response to something. But I think the live shows, and I'm doing a podcast at the moment, and uh, when when I'm doing that, you can explore his world a bit more. Yeah. And so it's sort of fun to do both, really. And we're going to a classical concert. Yeah. Is classical music your thing in any shape in, or form? In any way, in any shape or form, yes. But uh, it's a sort of a daunting thing to, to dive into because there's so sort of, there's so much. But yeah, I have friends in the classical music world. I've I've uh, I've performed with an orchestra. Wow, doing what? I was in an opera. I was in Opera North. Woo-hoo! Opera yeah. North. I, I played Puck. In oh. Midsummer Night's Dream, right. the Benjamin Britten right. opera, so it's like one of the the only spoken word Part. uh, parts in sort of the canon, for want of a better word. And when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I did sort of amateur operatic. So like, there's some Gilbert and Sullivan's I did. So you are. So when I was about 15, 16, I thought I'd like to be a singer. I'd like to be an opera singer. And yeah. then I realised it was I uh, didn't know music. I, it was it was too technical. It was too much like hard work. So I decided to become an actor instead. But when I worked with Opera North, it was a dream come true because I could finally work with an orchestra and a conductor, and it was incredible. But I didn't need to know the dots. Can, can you read music? No. Can you play an instrument? No. Okay. So uh, in terms of listening to music, is there any? If I said, <clears throat> what is your favourite piece of? What are your favourite? Three pieces of classical music. Would you be able to say there are? Th- I'd go, I'd I'm go. not asking you. I'm just saying, are there three pieces that you go? Okay. Uh, pieces of work. So there's a couple of operas I'd probably give you, and then and then I'd be able to find something. Yeah. Okay. So there's a little bit of noise, but let's be honest, it's going to be Mozart yeah. or Beethoven yeah. or you know, do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be that sort of thing. It's not going to be Shostakovich's <laughs> second piano trio. Well, it might be, but I uh, again, I mean, I can't tell you names of bands I like. So I might like that piece of music, but I'm going to go the one off the TSB advert. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to be able to go, that's Shostakovich's f- fourth, you know, yes. vi- you know, ocarina concerto. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and what what do you what do you expect here? We're going to walk into the Albert Hall. Tell me, describe the experience. You, you've just told to me, me that, 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 that I might be standing and uh, that disappoints me because I'm not going to see Supergrass at Brixton, at Brixton Academy with a pint in my hand. Right. I like to sort of see the... So I'm just... I'm wondering about... I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that idea of right. standing. What I want to I sit and... You know, 
take it in. No, I don't want to be sit there rustling with a pint and just, oh, you, you know what I mean? So I'm wondering if it's going to be a bit of a bum fight, which I know is the point, you know, it's the proms, it's for the working classes, it's for the, you know, the plebs. Right. But, you, you know, really if, I, if I go and see you? a classical concert, <laughs> if I can afford the Royal Box, that's where I'm going. I can't afford the Royal Box, but that would be, you know, I want, you know, uh, I want my own toilet. Who, who, are the, who are the people you're going to see in there, do you think? Um, I'm hoping it will be sort of, uh, uh, um, and I'm, uh, yeah, I, I hope it will be a sort of a diverse bunch of people. And I'm sure it is because when you're in the middle of London, it always sort of is. Uh, but diverse in what sense? I hope it, there's some students in there with backpacks on, as well as some old fart in a in a you know a bow tie, and uh, you know I I, I expect. And I, I don't mean this in a sort of Guardian reader sense, but I expect it will be a load of white middle-class people. But um, I hope there's some sort of dudes there, especially if, you, especially if you are standing. Come on, let's let's make it like a Supergrass concert. I hope someone just like smokes up a fat one. And... <laughs> yeah, that's, I can't remember a problem with that. It didn't happen, can you, Rainer? <laughs> There's always somebody that falls over in the... In yeah, the, generally. Yeah. Now, that, now yeah. I know there's one more reason why they might yeah. do that. Yeah, but I, d I want someone to fall over because they're ODing, not because they've had a fucking stroke. <laughs> are, you, are you taking them to the mosh pit or are, you, are we going to stand in the middle? What do you think? The mosh pits. Um, but it, what, what I'm also hearing is that you, you kind of know what length of time a classical music piece plays out over. You know, the well, I, I also, opera, I, also, I, also I looked it up, and uh, there seems to be sort of a standard. They'll open with a ten-minute something, mm. and then they'll do a half an hour something, yeah. and then they'll, there's an interview, and then there's a forty-minute something. Right, an interview. And then there's uh, 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 an interview, an interval in the middle. Interval, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and you know, I've seen some concertos. So, I, and what I like about that idea is you get the best of both worlds. You right. get the spectacular sound of 40, 50, you know, people playing together. Yeah. But you get some virtuoso kind of soloist, hopefully. Yeah. OK, that's good. Um, I mean, do you, do you, are you expecting to go away humming the tunes or...? No. You don't need to be doing that? No, no. Well, also, there will be a bit where you go, oh, yeah, this, this motif... For, for a classical concert, people. Yeah. This motif is coming back, and I'm enjoying that. Oh, I like. He brought that back in, but he <laughs> he did it louder. Uh, but by the time I'm home, I swear to God, that motif will be lost Long in the mist gone. of time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. Unless it's on a TSB advert. <laughs> So we are uh, in a park about, what, five minutes away from the Albert Hall. Let us make our way there and get stuck into the proms. Having it large. Yum, yum. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Then we made our way into the Albert Hall. Right, here we are. Albert Hall. So, impressions as we walk in. Any at all. Oh, I see. It's like a festival. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's better than I thought. I thought we'd be sort of slumming it down here, but no, it's nice. This is you remember it from your... Uh, but also you can sit down. So I can sit down for this prom if I want. You can, exactly. You can sit down. That's oh, I'm happy right. Larry then. Yeah, yeah. People lie down as well. So oh, yeah. Well, it's been, lying, it's been oh, dull it is. the concert's over. Or the orchestra is there. I was thinking the orchestra being there. It's a little bit anticlimactic. They, they oh, no, I like this noise. When you hear, uh, I like it when you go and see something that you're familiar with and you hear, like, uh, the clarinet do a riff. That you go, oh, that's from... Because they're what... <laughs> and you know where it's from. And you go, oh, they're, they're, they're playing that little bit. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love this I just think, in terms of the theatre of the thing, you know, that them walking out onto the stage is a theatrical moment. And to me, this feels a little... Yeah, but that's why they do... They, they, that's why you have that convention of the lead violinist and the and the conductor to give it some sort of uh, wallop, yeah. I suppose, you know, yeah. Because they have to do this, right? I well, mean, they, they, they have to do this. Well, they don't have to. They can tune off stage and they can do this tootling on stage. Uh, they can oh, no, I, 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 given the choice, if, if, if I had the luxury of walking the stage while the audience was coming in, I think I might do it because then you can gauge what they're doing right. I don't know they're, they're, like, they're allowed to just they're, and they're chatting and hanging out and it, 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 it demystifies the stage for them it's a job do you know what I mean they're yeah, turning up to do a job they're yeah, having a but, chat um, you know. they're, uh, yeah, okay I do get that but to me it feels like if you go to see a play the actors out on the stage are rearranging the props well I'll tell you what you could do yeah 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 uh, if you had a curtain 
which isn't a convention in orchestras, is it? But, no, uh, no. But, but uh, I mean, it's like normally when a, when a curtain goes up on an opera, you just go, fucking hell. Because whatever it is, is spectacular, right? Yeah, a yeah, decent yeah. opera's, yeah. the sets are fucking huge or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, maybe if there was a curtain, you'd go, that's See, I wouldn't want those people behind me looking at my dandruff or whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Yeah. And it means the people you're playing to can look at that man picking his nose if they want to. Right. I know, I don't like that. Yeah. People be behind them. I have to say the acoustics are pretty bad. I think it's pretty directional, this. Well, so the people at the back are fucked? Well, they're not. They will get a weird sound. I mean, yeah. like, they will hear... Like, I was sitting back over there where you can see the brass people a couple of concerts ago. And you basically, you're here listening to the symphony going away and then... Do, 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 do. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell was that? Yeah. Oh, that's the tuba entry, which you would normally just hear in the kind of weft of yeah, wind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. But, but also, if the, if the people are behind you, the poor fucker on the third tuba... Mm who's got three notes yeah. throughout the whole concert, yeah. he can't check his iPhone. No. Because they can see. Yeah. Uh, so he's gutted. But they, <laughs> they're generally checking your iPhone is regarded as, as, as uh, poor form, I think. But, um, yeah. Every drum is live on BBC Radio 3 and available on BBC Sounds. Please enjoy Photography is not allowed, and please switch off your mobile phone. Photography is not allowed? It's pretty busy, isn't it? It's not bad. It has been busy. I came here actually last night for the late night prom, yeah. which started at quarter past ten, and it was busier than this. Okay. Strange to tell. So this is pretty... Well, it's, it's popular, like all of them. I mean, it's not a bad audience, but I'm guessing... What's the ticket? So what's the ticket? How much did this ticket cost? £7.12p. Great. And what about those fuckers there? Uh, £30. No one's paying more than 50 quid to be. No, no, no. And the the top bit there, that would be like 25, I think. I like the fact you can sit here, though. Oh, here we go. There we go. Here's your leader, man. So, uh, first piece done. It was uh, quite a, quite a good uh, warm-up, wasn't it? Yeah. Because you, you get sort of a bit of everything. You get a bit of, um, you, you know that moment where an orchestra can tries to be as quiet as it can be, but yeah. it still is resonating around the room. Yeah. Plus you got some crashes. The guy on the bongo drums got a good, got airing, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's, it was a bit of, you know, yeah, it was good that, yeah, yeah. It's sort of that thing you sort of bounce along to and you go, uh, and, and this is probably sacrilege in uh, classical music terms, but you go, there, there's a bit, something a bit Sullivan going on there. A bit, um, chup, um, chup, um, I don't know, it was a bit, it was sort of easy to follow, yeah, okay. shall I say, you know. Yeah. But, it, but in a pretty way. Yeah. It was good. So it started slow. I thought it was slow start. Slow out the. I thought. Uh, I thought. I thought. I thought, I thought the. Uh, I thought the, uh, the. Yes. The. Uh, to, in a, to talk movie terms, the third reel started to bore me a bit. Okay. Uh, but I. I like the. The. The first. Like, like as many movies do, they, they, they fuck it in the third reel. <laughs> and this is the moment when Daniel Lozakovic, the soloist in the Brahms Violin Concerto, walked on. He uh, was young. God, he is young. He looks about 12. It's indecent. 
seemed decent. So, uh, first half, impressions? Um, I'm not sure Brahms is for me. I need to unpack why uh, I'm indifferent. Yeah. I think maybe it's the instrument. I don't think I've ever seen a violin concerto before. I've seen some concertos. Right. There's, and actually, that last encore demonstrates the range of sounds a violin can come out with. Yeah. But it's pretty limited. Right. I don't know. Uh, a, there's something... Uh, I don't know, I don't know. If I if I'd watched a pianist play a piano concerto, I'd go, Christ, that guy's done a day's work. And I know that violinist is top of his field and is superb and amazing. And yet you go, oh, that... There's something ra rather underwhelming about it. I don't know. I am clearly a, um, a philistine. No, not at all. I mean, uh, I have to say that Brahms Concerto has never really done it for me either. Is there uh, a thing? I mean, maybe that maybe that's it because because I, uh, I there'd be a few moments we go, oh, okay. Uh, and it's not like Brahms is difficult, right? It's not some sort of avant-garde thing. Yeah. But I don't know. There was nothing to get my teeth into, really. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's enjoyable, but and and like every classical concert, you find yourself zoning out and paying tomorrow's electricity bill. That's sort of half the point, maybe I think. Mm. But uh, there was a lot of that going on throughout this this Brahms. Um, what do you think of this experience being here? Now you've sat through it. You've stood. It's very, it's very while. nice. It's it's it is. Uh, it's neither one nor the other. It's it's still that it's got that convention of being very respectful and. Uh, you know, that's what's impressive as well. You know, the, the, the minutest... And we, I was wrong about the acoustics, like, from where we're stood. The tiniest sound could come out of that violin and, it, and you, you can hear it resonate, you know. Yeah. You know, there was a guy behind me in his cycling shorts. He's clearly just uh, stopped off on his way home to get a well, bit of Brahms. And you kind of go, now that, now that, that, is, uh, that, that is cool. You know, the fact is it's a £10 ticket, to all intents and purposes. Is is a it's a good thing, you know. We're pretty close, but well, seven pounds twelve p. If that's so, it's pretty close, aren't we? Yeah. If you're yeah, paying yeah, yeah. for this position in a proper concert, you'd be you'd, you'd be paying fifty or sixty quid, probably, wouldn't you? Yeah, that would annoy me. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I don't mind not particularly enjoying that bronze because I paid a tenner for it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to pay hundred quid. Then the second half, César Franck's Symphony in D minor. So, concert over, um, what do you think of the show? Uh, I don't know how you're supposed to feel after two hours of classical music, but I'm fairly zen. Zen? Zen, zen yeah. Zen, I mean, I'm relaxed. Sort of, I'm, yeah, Is that yeah. good? 
think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of, you know, you sort of zone out a bit, don't you? Is that what you're supposed to do? You at can do whatever you want, I think. Right. I mean, you can zone out. All right, out. well, yeah, I zoned out for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, there was, there was n- no element of this evening blew me away. OK. Uh, I've got so to be honest. If I said you I know. bought you as your birthday present two tickets for tomorrow night... Would you be like... I wouldn't come tomorrow night, no. <laughs> would you I, be falling I, I also, think, I also think, I don't, I don't know, I mean... I think the Brahms is a problem. Yeah. I Wasn't your favourite piece? I found that, rather, there was nothing to get into. Yeah. That last half was good uh, and, and easy. And, and I think, if you don't know it, easy is probably good. Yep. Um, Tune for it. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you've caught me on a bad day. I d- no. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't fucking hate it um, at all, at all. It's massive. It's always impressive. An orchestra is always impressive. The, the, how, the, how, many, how many beers on the uh, proms and the pubometer would you give that out of five? I mean, it was, it was, the whole thing was fair to middling. Right, so three, two but, and but a half. That, but it's a, it's a matter of taste, isn't it? I'm sure it was performed beautifully, but... Yeah, but it's you I'm asking about. Not, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it's a three, three points three, out of five, three, isn't three, it? I mean, it's sort of, no, there's, got, there was Harry, absolutely Harry's nothing wrong here. with it. Harry's here. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, 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 I largely I agree. I enjoyed the second half more than the first. I think the music is um, Brahms running just like you is not my favourite. And the second half, I, lo- I, I sort of knew that Frank more than I expected to. There's sort of certain tunes. Oh yes, I remember that. I've heard it on the B side of something. Yeah. B side. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, yeah, but I, I'd, I'd give it. I'd, I'd go four beers for the second half. Perhaps three for the first. Yeah, half. yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that second half, you can sort of. And actually, we were stood in the first half, and I was sat down. You could see the orchestra. Uh, slightly better and that's more impressive and weirdly it helps you with a piece of music you don't know it helps you because you actually your eye follows uh, the first violins there's an oboe over there I'm look- it, it, it kind of helps you along the way because it's 40 minutes of music you've never heard right it's, that's hard. That's does tough. The, does right? the conductor help a bit with that as well? Um, I fa- and also I am fascinated by conductors, and I found this one really dull. Yeah, <laughs> yes. well, I found him really. That... Um, I, I really like watching it. This isn't going to translate in a podcast. I really like a, 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 a conductor who's rather sort of. Um, well, his movements are a bit more staccato to it. He was seemed very sort of Thomas making fluid, fluid movements. Fluid. <laughs> it was very, he was very fluid and and weirdly. And I don't know if this is a thing. You'll forgive me. Is an orchestra always half a beat behind the conductor? Cam, it depends. That's really on, well spotted. Yeah, because I, mean, I was just like, why are they? They're behind him all the time. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it depends on the it depends on the conductor and it depends on the orchestra. Uh, but that can definitely happen. You can say to an orchestra, it's perfectly legitimate to say to play to the point of the beat which means when I get that's to the, the bottom of my beat, yeah, yeah. that's when you play. Yeah. Uh, but some in, in, in some orchestras just don't, and it's pretty scary. That's what he was like. You'd go, he'd sort of, his whole arms would come down to the bottom, and then you'd feel the beat and he'd go up, yeah. and then the beat came a split second later, and you're like, OK, that was really that's uh, uncommon, interesting. Is it? That's yeah, 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 yeah. That happens. I have to, for me, he was t- his gestures were just the same all the way through. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's nothing to... Uh, you, you, you can... Um, you can see a conductor when a conductor's really in it, and it is performance. Mm, yes. A conductor is performance as much as it is a a, a, a tool. Yeah. Um, 
you can see him sort of entice something out of this person or or, yeah. or yeah. create a moment and, and, and also you with a decent conductor you feel that he's creating that moment in the moment um, this guy you, he you felt like he's just sort of following the dots. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I get you. Mean he probably only he probably only had this afternoon with the band. You know, he had a bit of three air rehearsal. I mean, there, there was also that as well. I, I was going. Does he get to? Uh, he doesn't choose the, his program, does he? Uh, well, that depends. He okay. might have done. Probably not him. Okay. Now, uh, okay. The overall proms experience. That is, this as a thing. Would you recommend it to your friends? Oh yeah. I mean. Uh, 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 it's like anything, right? So I, I went to see Mary Poppins, the musical, and it was a freebie. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. It yeah. was just beautiful. And then two years later, I took my niece to go and see it uh, with a couple of friends at £85 a pop. And I didn't enjoy it quite so much that time round, I have to say. There's always something with a freebie that uh, <laughs> means the je- there's no jeopardy, right? Yes. So you come along to this for a tenner, yeah. Well, I, w- I would have had no bones at walking out halfway through if it's not your bag. Yes. But for a £10, it's worth dipping your toe in. It is an iconic building. It's iconic. It's beautiful. So you definitely feel that there's a sense of, a, 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 of an event here. But what's nice about it is you're not going to the Royal Opera House. You don't have to dress up in a dicky bow. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? So you can... I'm here in jeans and a hoodie, and I didn't feel like a dick. So that that's that's great. It is, uh, you know, again, not not being the Guardian version of it, but it is inclusive because it's cheap. It's, t- I think it's, it's a tenner. seven quid to stand well, up. Go, I mean, that's yeah, super yeah, cheap, yeah, really, yeah, isn't yeah, it? When yeah, you think, yeah, of, I mean, you know, what do you get for seven quid? It, exactly. Of coffees. Uh, and and uh, you know, it, I think it's just a question of taste this evening. That you, I've just probably seen one of the greatest violinists going, and it left me a bit cold. But it could easily have been a different programme and I'd have been walking out here going, that was five beers out of five yeah. for £7.50. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's an amazing experience. Yes. Um, did you see the woman chucking up? No. So uh, yeah, this is the this is what this is what we really want to talk about. So I think I think uh, I think after the second movement uh, or the first movement, I just noticed that they were cleaning stairs. <laughs> you didn't see it. And the guy, uh, the conductor, clearly just stopped for a little bit because there was they were throwing fucking salt, Ajax salt, salt, salt whatever it was. Did you see her puke? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, no. Cascade. Oh, it was towards the end of the first movement. It was some woman walked up the stairs. I saw them followed by somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody t- tried to get to the stairs, and, and this splashing onto the, and then again, and that was, and then she had to yeah, be helped know, up the stairs. What an embarrassment as well. I mean, imagine her now. She's probably still in that building. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, it amazing. Was, I, it was a prompt experience there, and we had a great view of it, didn't we? <laughs> hey guys, well listen, thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure having you uh, both, uh, Harry and Tom at your first well your second prom as it turned out because you know you have have a memory jogged by a visual cue but uh, thanks so much for coming and being part of proms in the pub uh, both of you and um, well we'll do it all again sometime on TV thank you Rainer Tom Walker aka Jonathan Pye you can catch him on YouTube yes Someone was sick, like big time. Maybe she also caught a glimpse of those white male faces. Some people feel this diversity issue really bad. 
Well, that's almost it for this episode. Please help us by sharing it, liking our podcast, and or getting in touch at www.promsinthepub.co.uk. As I mentioned at the beginning, Harry the Piano was with us at the concert and inspired, or not, as was the case with Tom Walker, by Brahms Violin Concerto, Harry has come up with this, the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, given the minimalist treatment and segueing into Andrew Lloyd Webber. In Harry's own words, look what we made him do. Until next time, thanks for listening. Here's Harry. <laughs>